Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here. It's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And today's topic is going to be on public safety, in particular here at Dixie State University. And uh, who else should I call uh, but the uh, director of public safety and also the chief of the Dixie State University Police Force, uh, Mr. Blair Barfus. Hi. How are you doing, Blair? Fantastic, Bob. Good. Glad, glad you could be here. You're the man. I figured I might as well go right to the top if I'm going to get the information. Sure. So, uh, I, I tell you what, what's, what's going on here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, as you know, this is our first full week just completed here at Dixie State for the fall term here in 2019. And uh, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, unfortunate, a lot of incidents uh, nationwide concerning uh, guns and, and mass shootings and uh, concern on college campuses. And I was getting some uh, input for some of my listeners uh, indicating that what, what do we have at Dixie State? I mean, as far as are we, are we prepared? Uh, what can happen? So that's why I called you. Uh, I'd really like to make the, uh, our listeners aware of uh, what uh, services are offering are offered out there, uh, what protection they have there at Dixie State. And you're, you're the director of public safety and the chief of police for Dixie State University. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start right off. I'm going to go through just a few things. First of all, uh, when we're looking at uh, the police force at Dixie State University, uh, how big is it? How sophisticated is it? Um, I, I, I really don't have a lot of detail, so right. you're the man. So can you relay that to our listeners? Sure. You know, as a brief introduction to the police department, uh, we get these questions quite a bit. And the short answer is we have six full-time sworn police officers, and then we also contract with outside agency officers to help us in big events. Great. We're currently um, growing. There's plans and in place with five-year strategic goals and plans to grow Dixie State's police department as we continue to grow as a university. But as a department, Dixie State's police department is a state-certified police agency, meaning that every sworn police officer here on campus has statewide police powers. Oh. So our officers are certified through the state of Utah as police officers. They are armed. They do have arrest powers, and they can conduct police investigations uh, that can take us throughout the state. Wow. I didn't know any of that. Right. Uh, thank you. And we are growing. We are. Yeah. And uh, we're having constant communication with President Williams and General Counsel DeWajo Hicks and all the uh, people that help us make determinations and discussions is how we progress and provide better public safety to our community. Okay. I, <clears throat> your, your police force is almost transparent. You, you've got 11,000 students walking around and we don't see that presence, but you're telling me they're there. We just, uh, and how does that all work? Do we have a lot of uh, video cameras? Do we have, I mean, uh, can you explain a little bit of how, how you're right. observing what's, cause it's such a large community now. There is uh, a large change in policing philosophy. Okay. I was hired just over a year ago, and in that time, we've adopted the community-oriented policing strategy, which means that the officers get out into the public. They are visible. They communicate daily as much as possible with as many of the community members to find out what is going on, what concerns they have, how we can better serve and implement our strategies to meet the needs of the community we serve. The university is unique, and uh, community policing for the university has its own challenges, its own positives, and its 
own, it, it's essentially a small city within the city of St. Yes. George. And so what our officers are doing, we've engaged in multiple campaigns to get our officers out, get them known and make them more approachable so that our students, staff, faculty, and anybody visiting Dixie State will be comfortable with approaching an officer. That's great. That's fantastic. Now let me go back to the, the video cameras. Right. Are there a lot of video cameras on camp? I, I mean, not, not being intrusive, I'm, I'm referring to from a security standpoint right. for protection. Absolutely. There's a substantial video presence on okay. campus. The total number of cameras are uh, currently between three and 500. And as they wow. continue to add buildings, there's substantial camera networks being put into them. So the Human Performance Center has over 100 cameras in it. And that's the newest building. The library, the Holland Building, has hundreds of cameras. We have uh, about a dozen monitors which have different camera angles all over the university, and we have access to pull up video and data from those for any specific need, whether it be damage to a car in a parking lot or whether it be a student that uh, entered the bookstore and lost a bag. We have the ability to pull up those videos and search them and help uh, our community find out what's going on. That is great. Well, I, I had no idea about that either. Right. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Here's a situation. Active shooter on campus. Right. What, what, what's, what goes on from the police standpoint? What, are you, you're notified there's an active shooter on campus. What, what, uh, what procedures goes into effect? Right. So our, this past year, we've done a lot of education with the community here at Dixie State to inform them about how the police department works. And it's not any different than anywhere in the county or in the state. If there's an emergency, you dial 911. Okay. And that takes you to police dispatch. The dispatch center for the county dispatches not only Dixie State Police Department, but they dispatch St. George City Dispatch. They dispatch the county sheriff's department they dispatch for santa clara ivans they dispatch for washington city and everywhere in the county gets dispatched out of one central dispatch location okay. is that location that's is that at the saint george police department the right they're center? they're the host agency okay. for dispatch for the whole county for the county and for our university right okay and so we have contracts and we have agreements with as a county to uh, use this dispatch center okay. and so it all goes into one centralized place which makes a lot of sense and if we need additional staffing that dixie state doesn't have on they send additional resources from the city from the county until the situation's subsided so going back to your concern you brought up specifically active shooter right and one of the issues that we want to address with the university is it's not just an active shooter we we call it a critical incident because active shooter pigeonholes that type of a violent episode into one specific episode. And a critical incident could be a number of things. It could be a vehicle going into a building where students are. It could be, uh, you know, a mentally uh, episode issue for an individual who's just not making sense in the library. It could be a critical incident to the people around, and it doesn't have to just involve a firearm. Okay. Uh, with that comes the education piece of how we respond and what we do in a critical incident. Some of that, uh, the training and the information being relayed out to our community, whether it's students, staff, or faculty, is done through our communication with human resources. It's done in conjunction with the Title IX attorney's office 
and that is the run, hide, fight model. We've been teaching and sharing and want to Im- implement the run, hide, fight uh, mentality to any critical incident. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Absolutely, yeah. The first step is run. The second step is hide. And ultimately, if it comes down to it, you fight. And uh, the training that's implemented is done through safe campuses. It's done through uh, means where we can get that message out, make sure that our community sees it, understands it, and knows that that is the official stance of not only the police department, but the university when it comes to critical incidents. Oh, it's great. Wow. A lot goes on. It does. It, it, a lot goes on. This is amazing. Um, is anything, any other programs that are going on specifically to the police force on Dixie State as far as implementing programs to um, get involved more with the community, um, things that you expect the students, the staff, and the faculty, and the administration to help you with? Absolutely. So, okay. There's so much going on well, right now. Why don't you give us a couple of insights, a couple of ideas. Right. So since my, uh, my employment just over a year ago, the, the whole work that's been done this year has been building a foundation to, to build a public safety department on that will serve the university ultimately forever as we continue on and we can build and grow on top of that foundation. The first step was implementing a legally defensible policy and procedure manual. So uh, Sergeant Bridge and myself uh, went through this process with uh, a legally uh, defensible program called Lexapol. It's a, it's a policy and procedure software system that is written by the best attorneys uh, in the field. And we worked with them over this past year and implemented roughly an 800-page policy wow. and procedure manual for all of our police officers. They've, that's been completed. It was presented to the legal office here at Dixie State that reviewed every policy. We combined them with Dixie State University's policy so that they mesh well and they work together. And it also gives clear direction, guidance, and expectations of what our officers will do, what they will, uh, how they will investigate cases, and what their obligations are in specific situations. It goes from how they park their cars to how they handle a use of force scenario. So that was the first major wow. building block that we implemented. 800 pages. Roughly, yeah. Wow. And so each officer has had to read and acknowledge those through uh, the computer system where they, they state that they acknowledge and they understand and that's the new expectation. And in the policy manuals and procedures, it it's specific. It says, you know, in a domestic violence situation, it quotes Utah law and says, you shall make an arrest of a predominant aggressor. Well, that's good because it protects the individuals involved. It protects the officers. And we all know what the expectation is in conjunction with the law. So a policy manual procedure was the first of many building blocks that we've been working on this past year. That's fantastic. Another one, if you have time. Absolutely. um, The Dixie State Police Department uh, decided that it was important to have an outside agency look through our policies and procedures and the way we function and certify that they meet industry best practices. And that's done through accreditation, agency accreditation. So on top of the policy manual, which is heavily relied on for agency accreditation, you invite in the group that's doing the accreditation piece 
and they review everything from whether you have your mission and value statements visible in your office to how you're functioning with your evidence property rooms in conjunction with best practices. And we decided that we would do that as soon as our policy was done. So we've uh, contracted with the Utah Chiefs of Police Association Accreditation Alliance. We've paid the, the fees to get involved in that, and we've presented them with all of the paperwork side of it that's currently being reviewed and analyzed. There haven't been any issues come up yet, but as soon as the paperwork side is done, which accounts for 168 specific points that we have to prove, uh, one point, for example, would be um, an oath of office. Do you have an oath of office that your officers swear to, and do they understand what that means? Well, yes, we do. Here's the policy that points to it. Here's an actual photocopy of an oath of office that's signed by uh, myself and uh, general counsel of the university issued to a specific officer on a date and time that they swore to that oath. And that's just one small example of a point, but there's 168 points of wow. proof. And uh, they're going to come at the beginning of September, do a site visit to verify that we meet these points. And as soon as that's done, we anticipate being a, an accredited agency. And that accreditation, uh, if all goes on our timeline, will be presented to the Board of Trustees in the end of September. Oh, my. That's, that's amazing. It's only been a year, a little over right. a year. You're doing a lot. Lots of work, but it, it makes sense. And there's a reason why we're doing it. Got it. Hey, I got a little bit of time. I we got a lot of time, but would you do me a favor? Could you just uh, mention the names of the officers that are under the Dixie State University? Right. Well, in the air, can you give them some recognition there? I can, and they deserve a lot of recognition uh, with these changes that we've been talking about. That's each, what I was referring to. Each officer has taken on multiple roles and assignments that never existed before. Uh, so as I mentioned their names, I'll mention some of their- Please do. Uh, collateral duties Great. and what they're there for. So that's what I wanted. Uh, my administrative sergeant, his name is Ron Bridge. He brings twenty, close to twenty-two years of experience. He came this past January to Dixie State from Summit County Sheriff's Office in Utah, which is Park City area. Uh, there, he was the major crimes detective sergeant, and I knew Ron professionally. From the time we worked in the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force uh, with the Attorney General's Office and some of the work that we've done with the FBI's Child Exploitation Task Force. And he's a phenomenal investigator, but even better, he's a great trainer. And so he was hired and uh, came here to train and to develop our current officers into the professionals uh, that we know they can be. And they've responded well to that training. That's great. Following uh, Sergeant Bridge is Josh Sweetwood, who's an officer and has worked at Dixie State for approximately seven years. And prior to working here, he worked at St. George City Police Department and another sheriff's office in the, in the state. Josh is uh, just a friendly, easygoing guy. And if you talk to him, bring up CrossFit because he loves CrossFit. <laughs> okay. um, some of Josh's uh, secondary duties and assignments on top of being responsible for patrol work. He is the evidence room custodian, which he had to become certified in. Uh, he has to know and develop the policy manual and procedures around evidence collection, distribution, disposal. And uh, it, it was quite a bit of work. In fact, Sergeant Bridge, when he came here and when I was here, 
Uh, we worked with Josh and other officers to clear out decades of a, of evidence that didn't need to be stored. And so that took at least a month of purging and records cleanup, and it was done. And Josh deserves significant credit for that process. Uh, Josh is also the firearms uh, instructor for the department, and he holds a few other duties, but those are his primary ones. Great. Behind Josh is uh, Officer Ola Kanoahi. So we call him Officer Ola. If you see him and you see a big, strong Polynesian guy, just say Ola and he'll respond. I <laughs> got it. Uh, Officer Ola has been awesome since my employment here, and he's uh, been willing to take any assignment given. We have to rein him back a little bit because his current assignments outside of patrol include uh, he's the special events coordinator. So he worked. Uh, with me for the past year, and now he's taken over all special events planning, staffing, wow. and he works directly with UMAC and the events staff like Megan Church daily, if not weekly, to get proper staffing and proper plans in place for every special event on campus. It's a huge task. It really is, because the activities are really picking up. They are. And uh, Tonight's wow. the foam dance, and he's worked with them hand-in-hand hand for weeks preparing. Wow. Wow. So uh, that task alone is huge, but on top of it, he's also in charge of department training. He's the training coordinator. He's the lead field training officer for new hires. And uh, the list goes on and on with wow. some of his duties. Behind Officer Ola is Officer Juan Fulgencio. Uh, officer Juan is fairly new to the, the department and the university. He graduated from Dixie State wow. about two years ago. He's worked at Dixie State for less than a year and a half. And he uh, he is an English second language uh, individual who brings a ton of excitement, a ton of just desire to serve Dixie State's community well. Some of his secondary assignments, uh, he's the housing liaison officer. So all student housing, he's met with all the managers, all the owners, he keeps in contact about their needs and how we can best serve our students in their housing complexes. Now, is that does that include uh, outside of the campus, outside of the dorms? Yeah, it, we've reached housing. out. Oh, we've reached out gosh. to student housing. What a responsibility that is! Unless they uh, specifically live in a house in some neighborhood mm -hmm. quite a ways away, mm -hmm. uh, Officer Wands reached out and offered our services, even though it's off the campus, because. Uh, I'll get into jurisdiction a little later, but uh, we have a great relationship, and St. George allows us to serve our community, and that includes students off campus. Right. So uh, that's one of some of his roles and assignments. He's currently a, a field training officer as well. He just became certified in that. Next to him, or after Officer Juan, is our newest officer, Michaela Vega. She is in the police academy now. She's worked for Dixie State for about a year and a half as the records administrator and security supervisor. And Michaela has been invaluable with all the records management changes that we've had to do. And her desire was to be a police officer. We've hired her as such and replaced her position recently. And Michaela is a self-motivated individual who on her own time became a victim advocate uh, through the Dove Center, the Women's Resource yes. Center. Yes. And her goal is to represent victims of crime here at Dixie State. So when she returns and after she completes her field training, her actual title will be victim advocate, victim specialist officer, and 
it's a great fit. That is great. So she knows the domestic violence uh, protocols and how to best serve those victims. It's not just domestic victims violent, uh, domestic violence victims that she'll serve. It'll be all victims of crime that she will represent and serve and provide services to. So that's one of her secondary assignments, and she hasn't even hit the road yet. That's fantastic. That's so great to have. have those are our officers right now. That is great. What a great well, look at all the experience you've got. On yeah. Board, and it's amazing. And then for them to not only do their primary, but all this collateral responsibilities also. There's that's a lot a, asked. I am so glad you, you brought all that out because I don't think a lot of people here at Dixie State really understand how sophisticated the, the police force has become right. under your tutelage over the last year and continuing to move yeah. forward. That's great. That's it, great because the community is growing. As you said, it's a small city within St. George. It is. And we have a, we feel the weight and the responsibility of providing safety and security to our community. In addition, we want to be seen and known as the individuals that can be approached. And uh, if there's an issue, we've been emphasizing the see something, say something campaign. All of those things allow us to do a better job, and we can't be everywhere, so we rely on our community to let us know how we can better serve. That's great. That's fantastic. And you mentioned about jurisdiction. Right. Uh, I know you already indicated that uh, the St. George Police Department, as well as the county, and uh, are, are available to you, but what is your jurisdiction? You, it seems like you've got the main campus. Right. Uh, and then you're now you've branched out to actual housing and some right. of the remote remote areas around us, uh, as far as apartment complexes right. anyway, uh, what other, what other things do you do outside of, out of the main campus, as we say? So there's, um, a lot of legal requirements on the federal side. It's called the Gene Cleary Act, which mandates that universities, uh, document and be responsible for crime that occurred on university property. Okay. So, uh, on a state level, our officers can operate anywhere in the state of Utah as police officers and do investigations statewide. On a city level, we've worked and we have a great working relationship and partnership with St. George City. Uh, I've met with their chiefs and their administration and their line level guys many times. And we've done uh, a lot together. We've trained together. We've done a number of uh, things that they allow us to best serve our students as we're able to. So if there's a student involved in violent crime, say a sexual abuse case, and he or she reports that to the university through the Title IX office, and they request that the university police department investigate that case, St. George City has many times allowed us to do that, even though it's not on campus property. I see. They're, they have first right of refusal, but they've always de decided and they've supported the police department in doing what's best for the victim. And so that decision is made by the victim of a crime as to who investigates the case. Amazing. So moving back to the federal obligations in the Gene Cleary Act, every year there's a fire and safety report that's mandated by federal law. And if you go to our website, you can pull up the required five years worth of crime stats and all it's called the fire and safety report for the year. And those are on our website. Those are required. But in that, uh, federal law, we have to maintain all the records and all of the crime for all university property. So our officers 
will go up to Springdale to the OC Tanner Complex just outside of Zions National Park right. for events up there. We're responsible. Uh, we have a campus in Hurricane. Right. And we have the main campus and we have other uh, university interests that we are responsible for. And we need to, we have an obligation to protect. Part of this uh, Clery Act requires that anytime a student or staff goes on official university business anywhere, we are required to send a letter to where they're staying requesting crime stats. So, for example, the football team, if they travel to Colorado Mesa and play football and we, we know they're going there, we have to send a letter to the hotel they're staying at, request crime stats, and keep proof that we requested that information as part of this federal requirement. So you can see how wide branching Absolutely. this can get. I didn't realize. Listen, we've got to take a break right now, but we're going to be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, this is uh, Chief of Police uh, Blair Barfus, and he also has the title of Director of Public Safety. So we're going to you probably evolve after our break here. Don't go away. Come on back. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the police department, and then we're going to take a look at some of the operations as far as public safety is concerned. So we're going to tap, tap his knowledge base on that other hat he wears here for Great. Dixie State University. So we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go away. This is Tips, Topics, Issues, and Positions, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's Bob Oxley with Tips, and uh, our guest speaker today is uh, Chief of Police uh, Blair Barfus. And we've had the during the first uh, segment of our show, we've had some interesting information as far as uh, the officers and their backgrounds and all the activities that are going on. And uh, hi, Blair, we're back. Okay, Logan. Uh, listen, I I was thinking during the break. Um, you know, you, uh, you you're doing a lot of work. Um, my curiosity as being one of the one of the faculty members here, you're you're interfacing with the administration. What's their take on some of your ideas, your plans, and as far as public safety and the police department in general? Are you getting a positive feedback from them? Or? Yeah, Bob, I have to tell you that upon being hired and the hiring process alone was a great experience. I learned from that process how important public safety is to Dixie State's uh, administration. Uh, but since coming here, um, the administration has been completely supportive of everything that's being asked of them. And there's a lot being asked of them. I bet you. <laughs> um, when I get questions and concerns, I turn around and take those to administration. And those often come with discussions about staffing, discussions about uh, funding additional staffing positions. And the university administration, President Williams and uh, General Counsel Dewajo Hicks, I work with them all the time. And I, I have to tell the, the community and those listening that they have been fantastic. That's good news. It's great news. And it, the availability and the discussion and the communication levels were not anticipated. It's not something I've typically experienced in my past uh, professional career. So President Williams and his staff are completely supportive of public safety. They do know that as we're growing, more is asked of them, and we have ongoing communications to the point where I have a monthly discussion with President Williams just one-on-one. Oh, -on -one. That's fantastic. And we know he's a busy man, so yes. that's obviously important to get that kind of time. That's right. Um, and so that's good news. We've got a positive 
uh, outlook as far as your operations concerned moving forward. And right. there's an open line of communication there there is. on a monthly basis. Uh, anything else you want to touch base on before we move on to some other aspects of public safety here at Dixie State? Sure. I, I can address one of the biggest questions and one of the biggest incidents because it's here in state. In, it's at University of Utah, and it's the Lorne McCluskey case mm-hmm. where, unfortunately, a student who was also an athlete uh, who had a lot of promise and opportunity ahead of her was killed by a known felon. And I'm not going to get into the details of that case, but out of it came a report and recommendations from a committee that was hired to do exactly that. Look at what worked, what didn't work, make recommendations for how the University of Utah could better serve their community. And it's expected that we look at that and internalize it and see what we can do better here at Dixie State, because if we didn't, that would be negligent on our part. So I looked at the the report, the first report that's come out. They haven't come out with the second final piece, but the re- recommendations that were made were things that we've already either implemented, been working on, or it created discussion and conversation with groups of people that needed to happen. Right. For example, one of the big pieces where there was three different pieces or parts of the community that had information but weren't communicating because time off schedules and it was difficult to get housing in uh, touch with their, they call it their BIT team, we call it a care team, where we were, we address students in crisis or problems and how we can best serve that student. So it opened up the lines of communication with the police department and housing here at Dixie State. It's Seth Gubler, who I provided a copy of that report to. He read it. We've met. We've talked. We have future plans to increase our communication to the point where he's sharing um, his information from housing with us in a direct communication line. And it's those kinds of things where there's recommendations uh, for trauma-informed victim interviews and for lethality assessment protocols in domestic violence types of cases. And those are things that we implemented and have been doing before the report came out. So a lot of the recommendations I was personally aware of from my prior time at West Valley City Police Department, we implemented that as soon as I came here. Okay. And we were those were already in place and functioning. So showing and seeing that we've done some things and we've had the communication lines open for others it allows me to better address those concerns with parents, with community members wondering what we're doing specifically here at Dixie State to address the concerns that were up at the University of Utah. Very good. Uh, that's what, and, it, and that's how. That's why you're here. I sure. mean, I was getting calls uh, just like that, like, and you're you're fulfilling that that desire. Okay, you're Great. fulfilling that today because I'm learning. I'm learning a lot, and I'm sure the listeners are like they had no idea the sophistication of your operation here at Dixie State University. So that's great. I'd like to move on. Now I want to put, put you on your director of uh, public safety hat. Okay. Me. Okay. Here we go. Um, I, there's a number of things on your website. So I just kind of like pulled some, some, some of the topics off of there. And if you could just address those. Right. Okay. Um, the, one of the, one of the uh, boxes on your website says emergency alerts. Right. You're in charge of emergency alerts. So what does that really does that mean? What, what, how does that work? So the emergency alert system, uh, which is required through that Clery compl- uh, 
component that we discussed earlier is actually uh, managed and run through uh, Josh Thane, who is the fire marshal and emergency manager for Dixie State. However, we work so tightly together that uh, we, we, we talk about and discuss how best to implement emergency alerts. And we're currently reviewing how we can better use the alert system. However, it's functioning well. Uh, the emergency alert system, if you go to our website and click on that link, it allows you to sign up for emergency alerts here at Dixie State or the surrounding area that could impact any one of our in our community. And so if you do that, one of the examples would be last semester, uh, there were a lot of bomb threats that were being sent throughout the state. Yes. And the very first bomb threat that was received in the state was here at Dixie State University at the testing center during finals week. Huh. We didn't know that it was uh, a statewide issue. We took immediate action. We vacated the testing center. We called an explosive indicator canine to come to the scene. We took precautions and set up a safety zone, and we were addressing that, and we put that event out through the emergency alert system. And it worked so well that we got complaints because people were receiving multiple warnings and notices, two or three on a computer, two or three on a cell phone, two or three through whatever avenue that was being broadcasted. And I appreciate that, you know, we notified them so many times, but it worked. It functioned. That's people the main knew thing. Yep. what was going on. That was fantastic. I remember that. <laughs> well, I'll, now, uh, you're in charge of a lot of things. Like we're growing so rapidly here, and parking's uh, this 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 term is is uh, short. <laughs> right. A lot of people going, and you're in charge of all of that. So I mean, that's on top of everything else you've talked about as far as your um, officers' primary responsibilities. Now we got parking. Are the officers actually involved with that, or do you have other people helping with that? Or So parking services is not under the police department here okay. at Dixie State, okay. and our officers do not go out and do parking tickets for the, the parking lots. They can. Um, they could cite for fire lane violations and uh, handicap parking, and if the need arises, they will. But the parking duties and assignments fall under uh Parking Services, which is managed uh, by its own manager outside of the police department, okay. and they have student uh, parking services individuals who do write the tickets okay. daily and manage that. Uh, the parking issue does bleed over into the police department because many people come to the police department expecting to uh, either pay a parking citation or argue a parking citation, and we have to refer them to Parking Services, which is in a completely different building. But uh, it's actually funny because just yesterday in my meeting with President Williams, we discussed parking <laughs> and the parking issues. President Williams is aware of them because he and Vice President Morris get in a golf cart and they drive every parking lot to see what it looks like the first week of school. And he was, President Williams was mentioning to me, he goes, I have never seen this amount of cars, this amount of traffic. And so we now know there's parking concerns and let's start working towards addressing those. I, and you, you, the student population is growing, the faculty, the administration, everything's growing. Right. And you just can't anticipate there's going to be an increased tra traffic in parking situation. Right. I know there's some plans for multiple story 
parking facilities there eventually, are. but uh, in the short term, they are they're at a premium parking positions. They are <laughs> um, under resources. Right. Okay, I, I'm going to list a couple of things here. You, you have safety, counseling services, domestic violence, and substance abuse. Right. Is that under your operation of public safety, or is that with the police department? Or So what we do is we've partnered with everybody on these resources tabs. So, for example, the Dove Center, which handles domestic violence here in the county and provides services to victims of domestic violence, we have assigned MOU or memorandum of understanding with them that we will do the LAP or lethality assessment protocol program that was developed out of Maryland to, de- to show victims of domestic violence uh, the seriousness of the issue and the situation that they're in. And so we've signed agreements, legal binding contracts with these resources like the Dove Center okay. to provide services to our community and to do it right. It's not a scary thing to sign an agreement when it means you're doing the right thing. So uh, those resources come from the Dove Center, and they're a great resource for victims of domestic violence. And we want people to find answers to questions they have relatively easily, so we've put them under the resources tab. If you look at the substance abuse tab, uh, those are uh, gender, not gender, um, neutral resources that offer uh any kind of assistance needed for uh, substance abuse or alcohol abuse. And it's the big concern is we get hit all the time to put resources into our tabs, but it links a specific business. It links a specific service. And we don't want to link specific services or businesses because that's not our role. Our role is to provide a service for anybody experiencing abuse, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or whether they're a victim of crime. And so all of our resources are vetted, they're researched, they're looked through to see what they provide our students, staff, and faculty. So the the uh, substance abuse and the alcohol abuse links are exactly that. They're information. They're not pointing you to a company. I got it. Okay, good. Um, so under, under one of your tabs on the site, it says security. Right. Well, I feel very secure after the after talking with you today, but what does that refer to? So security, uh, the reason why we have a Department of Public Safety mm-hmm. is because it's an umbrella of two different functions. We have the police function, which is my primary role as the police chief to handle the uh, legal police department that enforces law and crime. The other side is the security aspect. Security uh, individuals are not armed. They're not going to take any action. The security function provides services to the university. And those services include, uh, you know, when somebody leaves their keys in their office and can't get in. So we will unlock doors. We'll provide escorts to individuals later in the evening if they feel unsafe walking to their car. Security personnel will unlock cars if their keys are locked in cars. We require a waiver be signed and we do a report on it because that's needed, but uh, they will jumpstart vehicles with uh, jumpstart packs, and they provide the services to the campus in a security aspect that doesn't involve law enforcement or need a police officer. Got it. So there's two different services that are umbrellaed. But this is all under your, this is part of your director of public safety, right? Hat, right? 
Right. Okay. And then there was another tab on there, and I cheated, and I, I looked looked down, but I want you to be able to explain it to our, our listeners. Uh, it just says records. Right. You have a lot of records. And we I, do. I, now, this is under public safety. Is that correct? Right. Okay. What, what is all that about? So records is all-encompassing. Uh, it encompasses all of our police records, all of our security records, and anything that we keep as a Department of Public Safety. Um, for example, going back to the Cleary piece, they require on a federal level that we maintain a daily crime log. That daily crime log is in our website under records, and you can see every day what specific case number was taken, what kind of crime it was, general location, and the outcome, whether wow. it was arrest and information. So those kinds of things are on that records thing. Also in that tab is where you would gram a request or Government Records Act um, make a request for a police record or whatever, and it would be uh, logged, it would be cataloged, it would be uh, sent from our records administrator to legal for vetting and for dispersal of our records. Um, the records management system has been quite a task. It's it's done through a program called Spillman, which is what the county uses through our dispatch and everything. But it's the way that we keep transparency and availability. Um, for example, part of the records issue that we addressed when I first got here, there were paper records from 1972 on when the first security department was established. And we had uh, closets full of records and uh, we were fortunate to get a work study individual who uh, has been fantastic. And she spent the full year digitizing and organizing wow. every police record. And we disposed of those through proper channels and we have a digital record and it's all cataloged and maintained in a safe, secure place through IT. And uh, that's the records management system is a huge part of what we do because we have to be able to provide crime stats and numbers to the federal government. We have to report them to the FBI. We have to make them available through any government records act request. We have to provide them uh, on our website for daily crime logs and other materials. So it's a huge aspect of what we do, and we want to do it right. Wow, I guess. That, that was a huge task. And so it's all digitized. And you it went is. back to 1972. I can imagine closets filled with paper. We even scanned the photographs of plaid pants and everything out at airports doing break-ins. So oh my gosh. it was a good time. Oh, my gosh. Um, overall, then, public safety, Can you, just just for clarity, the police department has, we've gone through what your responsibilities are there. Public safety has their sets of responsibilities, and you're overseeing all of this. As far as your biggest challenge, challenges right. in the future, what do, you, what do you foresee as Dixie State continues to grow? And I, I've just been made aware of a couple of projections over the next two to three years, just right. from the student population standpoint. And the community itself, St. George community, with that projection, right? Uh, your job is going to become even more complex, I, I would think, in the future. But you certainly are laying a great foundation. What do you see for yourself in your both the police department section as well as the public safety as far as this, with these projections become a reality? Right. Where do you see your that both of those departments going or both those operations going? Well, that that reminds me of one thing. We just completed also a five-year strategic plan <laughs> oh, 
for the police I did, department. I didn't know anything about that, honestly. <laughs> and and so uh, That's what I'll do is I'll get with our records administrator and we'll put it on the website so that you can see and review where we want to go, where we want to be. It doesn't include um, actual numbers for growth for officers, but it does address growth in there. Um, the actual numbers and the plans of everything, those have been discussed and they are being made available to university administration so that we can work and grow together. But the biggest piece of moving forward and producing uh, a safe and secure environment is getting the community, the students, staff, faculty actively involved in what we're trying to do and develop that partnership and that community feel where everybody has vested interest and a desire to be a part of public safety. Going back to the basic elements of police work, Sir Robert Pill, who founded and developed the first modern day police force, uh, stated, you know, the public are the police and the police are the public. And we truly believe that those fundamental developments guidelines by Sir Robert Peel belong in policing today. So doing that and moving forward, we've developed relationships and we're continuing to develop our services to the university community by getting actively engaged with the student groups. Um, Dixie State's Student Association has been fantastic. Working with Dr. Toy in the Multicultural Center has been phenomenal. We're developing these opportunities to have uh, open discussions during uh, lunch times and mic, mic opportunities to be on stage and answer direct questions about concerns with public safety. I mean, there's, there's so many people that are concerned and have questions about what we're doing and getting our voice out so that they know that we do care about our students. We do love and appreciate our staff and faculty. And if there's concerns, go to our website and send me an email, give me a phone call. We'll make time and uh, resources available to understand concerns and situations and produce a workable product that best serves everybody. Yeah. I, I, you brought up, you're working with uh, the, the clubs organization as well as with the uh, Multicultural Inclusion Center. Under right. Dr. Toy. Uh, <clears throat> Before you came on board, a few years before you came on board, there was some real concern because the campus uh, is in the process of becoming even more diversified than ever before. Right. And so that was music to my ears, uh, that your close relationship with the uh, Multicultural Inclusion Center staff as well as the students. And are, are you finding that as a result of that effort that the students uh, that are representing minorities uh, are more apt to come forward because of that close relationship and that open door policy that you have? We're working on that. Okay. Um, there is apprehension and there's obvious concerns when you look at students that are coming from different countries where yes. the police are the enemy. We have to acknowledge that and we have to know that there are true concerns from how they were brought up and how they view police and why they don't want to talk to us. And so we have to know and understand where they're coming from, as well as rely on uh, the staff of the multicultural group to let them know that we do care and we want to be a part of the solution, not just enforcement. Uh, for example, uh, I've had discussions with Dr. Toy about all the concerns of um, 
you know, immigration and customs and everything else that's going on throughout the country and some of our students that are concerned because they have student visas. And so we've uh, shared our policy on uh, working with ICE. We've gone through the uh, general counsel's office and worked with them on how we will best serve our students and our community in addition to fulfilling our legal obligations and our needs in a way that everybody can understand, be comfortable with, and know before it becomes an issue where we stand. That's an admirable effort on your part. Well, I told you time would fly by, and guess what? I just got the high sign from my production manager. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I I hope that you've uh, appreciated uh, everything that uh, Chief of Police Director of Public Safety, uh, Blair Barfus, has, has given to us today. And Uh, I had a number of questions came in from our listeners and you have done an outstanding job in responding. And I learned a lot and uh, I really didn't realize how sophisticated uh, your operations were until today and and, uh, what you've relayed to us. I'm sure that uh, there's a high level of confidence uh, now and there was some uncertainty prior to the show. And uh, people that listen to this show are going to be uh, feel very very comfortable and confident in you and your operations well thank you for I, the opportunity I, to speak i just really appreciate you you did a great service for everybody great. okay and uh, continue <laughs> will do and uh, uh everybody out there uh, students faculty administration and our listening audience uh, uh we definitely have a, a, a very sophisticated operation here at dixie state university that's working in conjunction with the state uh, city of saint george as well as the uh, county and the state and it's just uh, uh, very, very uh, comfortable and confident that you've instilled in a lot of us. Right, It's a great place to be. Yeah, I bet you it is. I know it is, in fact. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that concludes tips for today, topics, issues, and positions. Uh, you can hear this show at 3 o'clock every Friday and, again, rebroadcast it at 5 o'clock on 100.3 KDXI FM. Uh, as well as you can take a look at us, uh, the, you can take a look at uh, Chief Barfus on um, – on our uh, Facebook, uh, take a look at on YouTube, uh, Twitter. Our podcast is Podbean. Um, I understand that Alexa, we're we're working on that. You, I guess you can just ask the see Radio St. George and ask for tips and ask ask for Chief Barfus and guess what? It'll come up. Okay, they know that. So again, thank you very much, Chief Barfus, for being here with us today and uh, and relaying all this great information and uh, on public safety and the. Police Department at Dixie State University. Until next week, everybody, this is Bob Oxley saying goodbye.